The host of this show, Max Naist, lived in addiction for years and made lots of destructive choices, which resulted in losing friends, family, and his career. After being in jail for the fourth time, he knew he needed to make some big changes. Now, sober for 17 years, he shares the steps he took, which led to recovery and got his life back. Welcome to Fearless Happiness. 19.7 million American adults have battled a substance use disorder. 38% of adults have battled an illicit drug use disorder. But no matter what the struggle, no matter the challenge, you can overcome anything and become successful. Max and his guests share experience, strength, hope, and faith. If it's PTSD or military-related, trauma, physical, verbal, sexual addiction, alcoholism, you can accomplish your dreams. And with this show, we help others be fearless in their pursuit of happiness. This is Fearless Happiness, and this is Max Naist. All right. Hello, everybody. This is Max from the Fearless Happiness Podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in this world. We're glad you're here. Today, I brought back a very special guest, at least me, she's very special. First time we had, I had got the privilege of interviewing her. It was really awesome because I got to learn all about her, not only what she does, but how she does it and her holistic approach to what we're going to talk about today because, you know, May being Mental Health Awareness Month, I thought this, what better time to bring back Dr. Nicole. And you know how I roll, Dr. Nicole. Please introduce yourself to everybody and who you are and what you do, and then we're going to get rocking and rolling. So I'm Dr. Nicole Coyle. I am a PhD spiritual psychologist. I'm considered a spiritual psychologist and a doctor in divinity. So my approach to therapy is a little bit different than everybody else's. I combine holistic modalities, techniques, and tools outside of the medication route for people to gain control back over their life and reprogram their brain and change their trauma story. Uh, It all started because I had to find a way for myself to deal with my own depression and anxiety. And I've been doing it for about 20 years now. Um, And up until maybe three months ago, I owned a center in, I'm here in Arizona, that was based on all of the techniques and tools that I teach. And um, we just recently closed after 10 years due to a leasing issue. And so now I'm trying to spread my work via the internet. <laughs> and, and I'm online. here to help everybody. I'm here to help. She's amazing. So just pay attention. Online, yeah, doing <laughs> online classes so that people can have access to me, even if they're not here in Arizona, you know. So, which the world needs people like you, especially you, Dr. Nicole, because you have such a way of teaching, right? Breath work and, and meditation and yoga. I know there are people have that before your school closed, right? That people from our network came and visited you and participated yeah. in your class, which is awesome, right? But yeah, you know, some of the guys from Apex <laughs> came and did a whole class with us. Yeah, it that's, was fantastic. That's awesome, right? But what better way to reach people than online, right? As much as sometimes I hate to say I don't like technology, right? Because our kids I'm with you. stuck yeah. on the TV with their playing their video games, yeah. right? Unless it's for a positive reason like this, right? We're spreading a message of, you know, with Dr. Nicole, everybody, how to 
better take care of yourself or have better self-care right through a holistic approach which is like she'll tell you meditation breath work yoga and stuff like that so tell the audience again dr nicole like how did you you gave a little bit like because you you wanted to you know deal with how and manage your depression anxiety but how did you actually get started like tell them that story where you said like and this would set you on a path of being a, a doctor in this so tell them how that happened yeah you know, I've had depression as long as I can remember. Um, nobody really knew what to call it. I think when you're a child, it's not really spoken about. It wasn't in the 70s. I'm a child of the 70s. And, and it was kind of a hush-hush thing. But I don't think they also knew. I think they just thought I was this artsy kid that kept to herself and isolated <laughs> a lot. But when I got to high school, I realized something was up. You know, I would get like really, I would go dark, like in a dark place. And I couldn't get out of it you know, I kind of tried to manage it through working after school. So like I was always busy. So I didn't have to like think about the thoughts that were in my head. And um, so then when I got to college, you know, it became quite apparent that it was debilitating <laughs> and I wouldn't leave my dorm room and stuff like that. So I sought counseling in college and it worked for a while and I got misdiagnosed with bipolar. I don't have bipolar, but I got misdiagnosed and medicated and the medication made me feel numb, like a shell of myself. It didn't really mm. work for me. So out, when I got out of college, I just tried to find different things that could help me kind of get out of it and, and manage it and recognize when it's coming on. So I found yoga. I started on the yoga path and became a yoga teacher. And one day, you know, I was just in probably what I consider one of my lowest points. And I hadn't left the house in a few weeks. And, you know, when you're in depression, you don't leave the house. You're isolating. You're not taking care of yourself, like hygienic, hygienically. And, and so a friend of mine who owned the yoga studio I happened to teach at came and said, I need you to come with me. We're going to this class. And I said, I'm not going to any class. I already teach <laughs> yoga. I don't want to go to a yoga class. And she said, no, it's different. It's different. I keep thinking of you when I go. So anyway, she took me to New York City, which was about an hour and a half drive from where we were living in Connecticut. And I walked into this class. There were packed, there were like 80 to 100 people in it. And this gentleman in a caftan from Africa sat down, started doing all of this breath work and sound meditation, like chanting sound. And I was like, what is this? After about the first 10 minutes of doing this particular breath exercise, I was bawling. Um, everything was coming up and out. And that's how I started. I just did their training after that. And then for the last 20 years, I've been studying breath work and different ways to heal the body and transform somebody's trauma. And it kind of led me down a new path because I was a fashion designer by trade. Right. That's what I went to school for. And then I kind of, you know, I always say I used myself as a guinea pig, what worked, what didn't work. I kept what worked, let go what didn't, and then just started to combine it all and thought like, it really is effective. And what if I could do this for a living? I kind of went down the rabbit hole of psychology and, and uh, neuro, neurogenesis and neuroscience and quantum physics and how all of that's combined using breath work as a tool to manage, you know, mental health. And so that's where I am today. <laughs> well, no, that's amazing that you talked about that specifically, because I was, my wife was actually watching this thing on meditation and breath work, right? And the, the yeah. therapist was telling the audience, right? Like when you see, like animals have their way of doing their own breath. 
right? That calms them yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. Like when a dog yawns really wide, that's them trying to calm regulate down. Regulate their nervous system. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I found that very interesting. And that was yesterday. And I was like, I'm so glad I got Dr. Nicole to come back on and, and talk about this stuff, right? Because it's true. When I practice it, right, I realize that I get centered again, right? I'm not, my brain is not all over the place, which I have to get better at where I got Dr. Nicole here today. You know what I mean? Like all of us go through some type of depression, anxiety, right? It's just the world we live in, especially beginning in 2020, that created a whole new set of problems for everybody, right? This COVID, whatever they want to call it. What I want you to share with the audience, it does work, right? There's there's science to prove that that works. It's not just, right? Because some people will, I'm sure you've heard it, right? They've told me, I mean, it's only hokey pokey. That's a wife's tale. That, no, it's not. Woo-woo. I always hear woo-woo, you know? Yeah, woo-woo yeah. <laughs> that's right. You said it. Woo-woo is the new term, right? I don't need that woo-woo stuff. Well, you know, yeah. and I tell the clients that I serve, I say, well, you know, you keep doing what you keep doing. You're going to keep getting what you keep getting, you know? And That's all it. I've asked yeah. you is to keep an open mind, right? You don't want to do yeah. this. So I'm trying to offer you this and you're already shutting this down without even, right? So right. so tell the audience like how this is based in science. Like science has proven this stuff works and that it's very yeah, healthy so bre- for us. Absolutely. So breathwork ha- does have science um, backing it as an effective you know, tool for um, keeping your mental health in check, keeping the mind clean. You know, we are whatever happens between our two ears, you know, um, our external, our external surroundings will definitely reflect what our internal dialogue is. And so, you know, I always tell people, what's the first thing you ever did when you were born? You took a breath, right? So like it gives you life. So we know that. So, and the last thing you ever do when you leave this earth is take your last breath. And so breath is the thing that gives life and that heals. And so our brain, obviously, we can only study it while we're alive and how it how it's affecting our body if somebody wants to let electrodes be hooked up to their head and study right. the brain. But what we know is that the brain likes habit, it likes pattern. And so let's just take, I'll use myself. So I had a, a very traumatic thing happen when I was 17 and, and my brain is was wired from the moment that happened, right? That trauma was embedded in the mind. And then the mind created a pattern out of how I acted during it, how I acted after it, all of the emotional stuff that came up around it. And so it created this neural pathway to keep me safe. So the brain's always trying to keep you safe. It's not trying to hurt you. And so what happens is now and still, right, 33 years later, if my body feels a specific way that my brain interprets being similar to the original trauma, it will pull out of the brain, like a catalog, a file, the same reaction that I had 33 years ago, right? So now when I had that original trauma, I had a very specific breath pattern happening. It was probably very quick, you know, like, because you're afraid. And so in order to rewire that trauma and get it out of the body and remove the pathway from the brain to the body, I would have to change the breath pattern when I think about the trauma. So, right. So like, if I wanted to change that story, I would get myself um, in that mental state and try and look at that trauma as an observer and then change my breath work as I'm going through it frame by frame. Mm. 
And that will reframe that whole experience. And then the brain knows that I do not have to be afraid anymore when I feel this way, because I've now created a new breath pattern to replace the old one. And I'm, I'm safe now. I'm trying to tell my brain I'm safe. I'm not in danger anymore. So the brain's always trying to keep us safe. And like I said, and get us out of danger. And breath patterns change according to our safety and our surroundings, right? So we know that when we have anxiety, my breath is very quick and it's up in the chest. My chest gets heavy, right? And so when you're breathing in a shallow manner up in the upper chest, you're not getting enough oxygen to your brain. You're not getting enough oxygen in your blood. That's signaling to your brain that you're in danger, fight or flight. In your brain, then the amygdala turns on and it kind of hijacks you and it puts you into a stress response, right? So now that shuts down all non-essential functions in your body, meaning your ability to think cognitively, like your ability to critically think, your digestion slows down, like all of the things slow down that, that aren't necessary for you to be safe, right? Because all of your energy is being reserved for when you have to run. So when we're in, like, let's say we're in a panic attack, and I say, okay, how are you feeling? Let's change the breath because the breath right now in a panic attack will look like, <gasps> and it's yeah. very, and I can't catch my breath, right? right. Mm -hmm. So I need to change somebody's breathing pattern so that the panic attack, one, stops. Number two, the stress hormones aren't released from the brain. And then they can't go into the full stress response, right? So if we can cut it off before it goes into the full response, We've now retrained the brain to know that like, oh, when I feel this way, I don't have to go in a stress response. I'm not in danger. I can just change my breath pattern and regulate my nervous system and send the message to my brain that I'm okay. It's based in neuroscience. It, right. There is like, it's definitely like there's science behind how we breathe. There's science behind what happens when we're stressed. There's science behind how to regulate our nervous system. And so breathwork is the easiest and the quickest way to get your mind and your body regulated. It's quick. It's within minutes, you know? So right. why wouldn't you do that? You know? Exactly. Yeah. And that's why I was sharing with you. I need to learn to do that, right? Because I, I know I've worked with clients and you know what I do in my career, right? In the addiction field, right? There's times like where a client is going into a panic mode, right? Until I met you and other people that practice this, right? I'm like, oh, shoot, you know, no, I'll say it. Oh, shit, what do I do? You know what I mean? They're gonna have art, right. or, you know, or it's good to know about this pattern, right? Because, you know, I can, I, I can be in a one on one session with a client, and they're saying, yeah, my anxiety is a 10, right? But they're like you and I right now really calm. And I'm like, really, like, if you were at a 10, you would be like, hey, can you please call 911? I'm gonna have a heart attack. You know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah. But I have been in those situations where like, I really need to practice, not only for myself, but it, it would be a good for me to help at that moment, just to help them, like you say, regulate their mind and their body. So they can understand that they're, they're safe, they're in a safe environment. You know, I've had yeah. watched my daughter go through that stuff, you know, where she's, you know, my wife and, and other people, yes. like, until I met you, I didn't understand how well the breath work really works right because i was guilty yeah. right of going yeah. uh, i don't need that i'm a guy man i can handle this right but like you said when the reptilian part of our brain kicks in it's fight or flight and sometimes it, the and it doesn't you, matter go ahead like it doesn't matter what your surroundings look like your brain somehow has interpreted a signal from your body that you're in danger that's why yes. they call it the hijack because it's like we don't care you know right? exactly if someone could go reach over and go hey, you're in church, you're okay right now. Or, you know, I'm just, 
yeah, you're, right. you, your brain is going, no, I'm not. Everybody's out to get me and I got to go, you know, uh, and right, I understand right, right. And, and I've been in that, you know, I hope audience that you're, you're paying attention to this, right? Because this is a way I'm not going to get into it, but this is a way to regulate yourself without having to pop a pill, right? We can get into that, but this stuff really works. So pay attention to what Dr. Nicole is telling you about breath work and how it regulates the brain and the body once it, right? It's kind of like, and you know, the feel like working, they use a lot of EMDR, right? Which is with- Yeah, yeah, I love EMDR. I'm a huge fan, huge fan. Oh, me too. Yeah. I've seen it work, yeah. right? With people with severe yeah. PTSD. Absolutely. You know, tell My me- brother is one of them. My yeah. brother used EMDR and it changed his life. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's a little different than what we're talking about, but it's the same thing. It's about reprogramming your brain to let you know that you're not in danger, that that was a past that's event it. and recompartmentalizing it. it. But that's how breath work kind of works, right? Once you Absolutely. hone in on your brain, you're, you're telling your brain and your body, like, I'm safe. What yeah. else can you tell my audience, Dr. Nicole, about this breath works and, and other stuff that works in helping people manage their depression, their anxiety, or whatever the case may be? So there are a bunch of other, like breathwork is one technique, but there are a bunch of other techniques that are really simple and easily accessible. Like when you're in a situation where like panic or anxiety shows up, you know, anxiety is the number one mental health issue in the world. <laughs> there are like 40 million people in the United States that have anxiety right now. And, you know, since like we were talking about in the beginning, since COVID, like 2020, you know, 40% of all U.S. citizens have reported struggling with some sort of mental health issue or substance abuse since 2020, 40%. That's crazy amount of people that are struggling. And so, you know, anxiety shows up generally when we have a projected outcome about a situation that hasn't even happened yet. It's the overthinking mind, right? So in order to stop the overthinking mind, we need to give the brain something else to focus on. One of my favorite things to teach people is what I call the five, four. Well, it's not mine. It's well known. It's the five, four, three, two, one technique. It's like to stop when you start to have anxiety or panic or you're freaking out and you can't turn your mind off. It's five, four, three, two, one. And it's acknowledge five things you can see around you. So like just list. So again, we're giving the brain a chore, a job. Um, that's <laughs> not the thoughts in our head. So five things I can see around me. Okay. And then I go to four things I can touch around me. And then I go three things that I can hear, two things that I can smell, and one thing that I can taste. And so again, you're giving it a job. And because it's focused on that task, it's not going into the story anymore that's in the head, that's in the mind that started the anxiety in the first place. So five things I can see four things I can touch, three things I can hear, two things I can smell, one thing, you know, I can can taste because it's a, it, just a task. Even if you got to the five things I can see and you can't remember the rest, you're like, what can I see right now? Right. Because right. it's something, it's just reprogramming at the moment. Stop that, you know, the overthinking, incessant, ruminating loop of thought that we all have. No one is immune. We all have, even those of us who do this, I have my own struggle with anxiety and depression, believe me. And in the moment, you can't always remember what to do. Right. But if you can remember that at the moment, your anxiety is caused by a story you're telling yourself. And if even if you ask yourself, am I safe? Am I safe? I'm safe. I'm safe. And you just keep saying, I am safe. I am safe. I am safe. Because that, again, is reprogramming the brain. 
I love 54321, especially for people who happen to be out in a public situation and anxiety starts to come up right. because our tendency is to run, right? Like to right. freak out and <laughs> run. If you decide you have to leave, that's great. But before you do that, let's get out of here. I always say, we have to get out of your head and we have to go into your heart. My theory is the head is always trouble and the heart is always your truth. Okay, so what's happening here, not here, because this is just a storyteller and this likes stories from your past and this sees everything through the filter of your past. It's always judging everything by the mm -hmm. filter of whatever's happened to you. Right. This is always present moment. This is who you are and this tells the truth. Okay, so heart overhead, always. Always. So the other thing, yeah, always. I what I was going to say real quick is I love how you put that, right? Because here's what I tell my clients, right? I said, the head is the bad place to go alone. Don't go alone. Right. And one of my taglines is, is that you have <laughs> one of the taglines I love to say is that you have everything you need to be great today, which means right here Absolutely. in your center, right? That's where God for me yep. resides. And if I'm listening yep. to him, this shuts down a little bit, you know, yep. not always, but it's perfect that you said that, right? Because this thing will get us <laughs> That little space between our ears is the biggest troublemaker a, at times, right? It is the determining factor of whether you are successful or not. Yes. It's the determining factor of whether you're happy or not. Is everything that happens between the space between your ears is the most expensive real estate in the world. <laughs> right. I get it. And so then like speaking of the heart space, right? Like if you can't remember anything I teach you at any moment when things feel out of control or overwhelming, put your hands on your heart. That's it. Put your hands on your heart in the center of your chest, one over the other. Breathe normally, like whatever your breath is, even if it's like fast. And as you inhale, you say I, and as you exhale, you say am in your own mind. So inhale, I, inhale, exhale, am, inhale, I, exhale, am. Because I am is a statement of being in the present moment. I am. Yes. And so when I say I am, it's also linked to the greater I am, if that's a part of your life for me. And so at the moment, I'm anchoring myself to the truth, which is I am. And so I, I am, and that's simple, right? Like, but again, we're giving the brain a task. As I inhale, I'm thinking I, as I'm exhaling, I'm thinking am. Again, something else for it to focus on besides right. the upset it wants to create right now. Yeah, that's a little trick that my, one of my, my sponsor taught me was, you know, when he, when I would get into anxiety moments and I'm pacing back and forth in his office. He would say, stop, Max, just sit down for a minute. He goes, I want you to do this exercise. And it was like, you know, I want you to breathe in and I want you to tell yourself, okay, in God and then out yep. problems. You know what I mean? Like That's that it. was God yeah. kicking Focus. out my problems. And before I knew it, I would be like, okay, I feel better already after about two minutes. Yeah. Because we're, because when you're in that stress response, it's imperative that you stop yourself before it goes into the full response. And the reason is, is right. that if you go into a full stress response, Stress hormones are released from your brain, epinephrine, adrenaline, cortisol. Right. When they're dumped fully, they go into your gut. You get nauseous and that like, oh God, I don't feel good feeling. It, they mess up your organs. And then those stress hormones hang out in your body for between eight and 10 hours. Now, if you are a person that has high levels of stress and anxiety and you get stressed out more than three times a day, you're in a stress response for 24 hours, even if you feel okay, because the hormones are running through your body for 24 hours. Wow. 
And so if, if we can stop the response within the first minute or so, then the hormones don't get dumped fully. And we've now cut it off in its tracks. And then we save you from having to deal with like filtering out those hormones from the blood and the system for the rest of the day. You know, right. once they're in your, once they're in your body, it's easier to get triggered <laughs> because your body's already like, right, you know, on, on edge, that right. high alert. So it's easier to get triggered. And then you find yourself, once you're stressed out during the day in a full response, you're probably stressed out more than once a day because your body's already in there. For me, I, I describe it as that mo. when I'm in anxiety and stuff, it's, I want to be up against a wall, right? I want to be able to see everything and everybody and have my exit next to me. So if I have to That's either right. it's right. fight, I'm going to fight at flight. I need to know where the, and when I first got That's sober, right. it was crazy insane how much I realized now that I was in that mode, right? Because I came from jail yeah. and that's a stressful situation. Oh, absolutely. and you're always in fight or flight there. Right. Watching and your back. Exactly. No. And the last time I was there, there was a few moments where they would call it lace it up, right? Which means we're about to fight and you talk about, so that would mean that's that emotional hangover you feel like when you finally absolutely. calm down, right? Where you're just like, yeah, yeah, I, I feel like a truck hit me, doctor. Nicole, what do I do? And you know yeah, what I mean? I've that's been after, that. That's after the, yeah, that's after the stress hormone dump. It takes all of your energy. It just zaps you clean and you're exhausted, right? That's why if you were to, you know, uh, take a poll of people who experience anxiety and stress regularly, they're exhausted. They have brain fog. Your eyes are probably blurry, you know, mm. more than not. Your muscles ache, your joints hurt. That's the result of all of those stress hormones being in the body. Yeah, I learn something new from you every time we talk because the more we dive into it, right, the more I understand how the brain works, how the body works, and how we can have them work together, right? And like you said, yeah, absolutely. Now I understand, you know, now that you said this, now I understand why my mentors and stuff had me do stuff over and over again when I was like in, in a state of panic, you know what I mean? Just, it was to get my brain focused on something else instead of. We're trying to create a new neural pathway, right? a new pathway from stimulus to response. And so we're trying to teach the brain a new way of handling a situation, not the old way. The old way is like back, like you say, back up against the wall. Like, where's my exit? Where? Okay, we're trying to teach your brain to deal with a situation that might be stressful in a new way. So you don't always go into that, like whatever the first trauma was that created that response. So you don't go into that response. Right. And so when we breathe, like, let's just say when we breathe in a specific sequence with a specific rate or pace and speed, right? We're causing the vagus nerve. Are you familiar with the vagus nerve in your no. body? If somebody's not familiar with it, it's a bundle of nerves. It starts at your brainstem, goes down through your cervical spine and goes into, it has a branch in every organ in your body. Literally, it touches every part of you. Its job is to regulate <laughs> everything to make sure it's all in homeostasis. So when you're in a stress response, nothing's in homeostasis. And so the vagus nerve wants to lower your blood pressure somehow, right? And so it's going through all the, and it can't. So when we breathe in specific patterns, we're teaching the vagus nerve how to take over the brain's response to stress. We're teaching the vagus nerve how to send a signal to your nervous system to lower your heart rate, 
to regulate your blood pressure and to relieve the, the rate of release of cortisol into your body. That's the job of your vagus nerve. So breath, um, what happens when we use breath work is we tonify or we tone the vagus nerve. And the more toned your vagus nerve is, the less stressed you become. So things like breath work, shaking, you know, we right. shake on purpose. That's also a regulating tool. Wow. Humming, humming will regulate your stress response wow. and it will automatically put you into your parasympathetic response, which is rest and restore. Hum, that's it. All you have to do is hum. <laughs> and it's calming your nervous system down. There's so many ways to do it besides, you know, because what happens if you already took your medication a few times and during the day, you can't keep taking it. Right. Do you know what I mean? It's no, too I much. Don't. You have to have other tools to be able to regulate your nervous system, get yourself out of a stress response. Right. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what I've been working on the last couple of years that I've been off my depression medication, right? Because I got to a point where it was like, it's not working, right? I mean, yeah. I feel like I'm just blah. I don't feel sad, but I don't feel happy. And I, I you know, right. I'm regular. You know, I found other ways, like you said, to occupy my brain instead of focusing, right? Because you've heard it probably, you know, yeah. our depression comes from the things we're focusing on from the past, right? And our anxiety is that stuff that you talked about that's not even happened yet or may not even happen, you know, but the last two years due to better diet and exercise and trying to control put in my brain. And what comes out of my brain, like I feel better than I ever have, you know, at 54, I feel better than I did at 44. And it's because I listen to people like you that said, there's a better way, you know, I don't have to go to, to go, Hey, doc, I need a new pill, right? You know, because in my world, right, doctors, you know, unbeknownst to them are the biggest makers of addicts that I know of right? Because they're just, Oh, yep. Bet uh, your ass. They're the <laughs> yeah. number one cause for the opioid crisis. <laughs> right. And, and we, that's a whole other podcast discussion. Correct. Right. We could get into that. Right. Absolutely. See, yep. and this is why I brought Dr. Nicole on again, everybody is because she knows how good this stuff works. If you just practice it, it doesn't mean you have to be perfect at it. Right. But if you long, no. as you, because I know when I've walked someone through some anxiety, as long as I'm there and I'm talking to them, right. And they can focus on my, my voice and, you know, yep. talk about something totally opposite of what they're going through. Slowly, they come down. And that's how I've worked with clients. I just say, hey, listen to my voice. I'm going to talk about the Beatles. I know you're too young to understand who they are or whatever the case may be. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, and before yeah, you yeah. know it, they're like, okay, right. And this is a big reason I wanted to bring you back to. And I want people to know about you, Dr. Nichols, because I know I'll be working with you and sending people your way. And because I'm so against... I shouldn't say so against Western medicine, but some of the things that they give us, you know what I'm talking right. about. I just had a conversation. Yeah, I just had a conversation yesterday with a nurse. I was on somebody's podcast yesterday who's a nurse. And she was, you know, saying that like some of even the depression medications we know cause suicidal ideation. I mean, like you're taking medication and one of the side effects is that you might want to commit suicide. Well, that's not helpful, is it? Like, no, <laughs> that's crazy. I experienced that, right? When uh, and I've shared that with you before, when I was about five years sober, I went through the most severe depression I ever experienced in my life like like you said I just came home I crawled up into a ball right I blackened out my room I just I couldn't control the negative thoughts in my brain and I was like what's going on here right I literally wanted to die you know and then they put me on one medication and it made me worse so after about a week yeah. I'm, I told the doctor like I understand some people need medications to help 
the brain. Yes, absolutely. And I did at that time, right? And when they put me on that, I was like, I told the doctor one, there was a couple side effects, but the main was I, I'm worse than when I got here. Like you need to take right, it up. Right, 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 right. Luckily I just yeah. started it. She goes, okay, stop it. We're going to try this one. And right. That did help me for 10 years until what I just told you, but I believe that you don't always need a medication, right? If you know, you belong to the same network I do, right. We believe in, in taking care of our bodies and you know, what we put in it, right. Believe in taking care of our minds and what we put in it. Right. And then I get to meet Dr. Nicole who has ways to do that besides just yoga, but this breath works, because it's really, ga- I'm really gaining an interest in this and, you know, wanting to do it for myself and, 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 and for my wife and, you know, people that I know that could benefit from this. But, you know, I appreciate you coming on here and, and sharing this with the audience, right? Because like I, I told you guys before audiences, like you, her and I have been through our own experiences, right? Where she's right, like, you'll go through a situation and it brings you back 30 years ago, like, where's that coming from, right? But that's how strong our brains are. That's how powerful our brains are. And what Dr. Nicole is trying to teach you is that if you interrupt those thoughts, right, with something breath work, it helps Mm -hmm. you get better quicker, because then it becomes a habit, right? I liken it to the stuff, the root, like I say, the I used to say routines, but then routines kind of got a negative for me where I was like, oh, I got to do that again, right? I say ritual, because I like my rituals, right? Rituals are great. Yep. Gratitude's one of them, exercise, right? And and that's, you know, I know Dr. Nicole does yoga, she she walks, she does her breath work, and right, and then she teaches people about this. So like, if someone, Dr. Nicole wanted to reach out, because uh, and make sure, you know, I'll make sure it's in the show notes, but how could they get a hold of you? And they say, you know, Dr. Nicole, this medicine stuff's not working, I want to do something different. How can I work? Where can they reach you? Yeah, yeah. So on Facebook, I'm Nicole Lynn, L-Y-N-N, Coyle. Um, and you can DM me anytime. And then on Instagram, I'm Dr. Nicole Coyle, C-O-Y-L-E. I also have a site on Instagram and Facebook for my therapeutic practice, like what I do for a living. Um, we call it Thrive. Thrive means tools for healing, resilience, immunity, vitality, and empowerment. And it's just, we teach all of this. So on Instagram, I'm Thrive Therapies AZ. And on uh, Facebook, I'm Thrive Integrative Therapies. And then I have a YouTube channel. If you want to learn some breath work on your own or try it out, there are tutorials. And that's under NAM, N-A-A-M, Yoga, Arizona. No, NAM, N-A-A-M, Arizona. No yoga. NAM, N-A-A-M, Arizona. NAM means Neural Activating Advanced Meditation. So um, it's all brain work, right? So, um, and then I have a website at the moment. The name will change, but you'll be redirected. But it's NAM, N-A-A-M, Yoga, A-Z.com. And um, the one thing I just wanted to say about what you were saying is that there is a place for medication. I just want everybody to say, I'm not against it. I'm not saying anything, but like medication, you have to take it every day, right? Like, or it doesn't work. And so if you're going to try an alternative practice or something to replace the medication, like I did, I haven't been on medication in 16. Well, it's almost 18 years now, but, but I have to do my breath work practice every day as my medication. So it's imperative to know that if you're going to try and get off your medication, one, you're going to do it under a doctor's supervision. And two, you must have a ritual to take place of that. And you must do it consistently because it takes 40 days to break a habit. It takes 
90 to create a new one, and it takes 120 to cement the new habit. So you can't like do it for a week and go like, oh, I feel better. Right. No, you've got to, you have to do this. Right. Now, after 22 years, I can maybe go three days without my breath practice. And then I can feel it like, oh, I'm going down the rabbit hole. Yes. Get back, you know, like, so it becomes a replacement. It's not like I just don't do anything every day and my depression is handled. No, no, <laughs> you know? Right. And no, I just, exactly. I just recently went through one of the, like a very bad depressive episode and it lasted three and a half months for me starting in January and all the breath work in the world, you know, was like, okay, this isn't making a dent, but if I didn't do my breath work, it would have been worse. Right. You know? So it could have been very worse. huh? Very bad. So I'm just saying like, I'm not opposed to medication. There's a time and a place and your system needs to get regulated if you're really out of control. But if you're going to try and find alternative methods of healing, then you must use it every day as part of your life and not a temporary fix. That's all I wanted to say. No, that's perfect. And that's my disclaimer, everybody. I'm not a doctor. I can't say that she's not because she is a doctor, but she just told you, right? Make sure you get the correct care, right? And you do it correctly. If it's medication that you don't want to do anymore, make sure you work with your doctor. That's what I did. You know, I, I, under his supervision, I, I came off it slowly, right? There's a way to do it and there's a way not to do it, right? And to quit cold turkey sometimes, that's very bad. So that's just like, listen to what Dr. Nicole is telling you, right? Do this correctly. So, you know, I'm going to ask you again, because it's been a while since you've been on my show, right? So what does fearless mean to you, Dr. Nicole? And how is that showing up now? Since you went through, because I remember when you were talking about how like, and then, you know, things happen, you kind of disappeared for a little bit, because I know you were going through that. But how, how does fearless look like, right? Because you, you knew you were going to go through something. Oh, it, I knew it. Yeah. I knew it because we were close. We were closing my center, which is like my whole heart and my purpose. Right. And so I knew, like I said to my life partner, I said, I will get depressed. I know it. I'm going to do my best to control it, but it is coming. So and here's um, where fearless comes in. How did fearless show up for you knowing that was happening? Like how in that, you right. know, these times of our life where it's struggle. Yeah. So fearless for me was I got out of bed every day, no matter what. I got that was fearless for me from January through the end of March. It was like, you have the option right now to sit in it and you can still sit in it and do life. And I had to like teach myself it's temporary, right? Like you have to convince yourself that the situation is temporary. And so for me, the way I convinced my brain that it's temporary is that I made sure I got up every day and I showered. The old me would have laid in bed, shut the blinds, not showered, not eaten. Like I would have just cut myself off so it was and I haven't been that bad in decade like over a decade so it was uh-oh and so that was fearless to me like you can handle this get up and take a shower and I wrote a post almost every day during yes, that depression and I wrote about it which for me was cathartic and I'm, I'm never quiet about my life I'm very transparent but I thought I've never written about it while I'm in it and so might as well do that, you know? Yeah, you got a book I, coming out pretty soon with all that stuff you wrote about. <laughs> that I hope so. out somebody. Yeah. And Fearless showed up too, which is an odd thing. So we go away for our birthdays every year, the love of my life and I, and, and we have the same birthday and we go to Mexico, this beautiful place. But I was depressed as hell during our birthdays. We had this trip planned 
and he was very willing to cancel it. And, and I said, no, let's see what happens, but I can't guarantee that I'll be like ecstatic to be at this incredible place. And fearless showed up there as I had to admit that I couldn't go leave that hotel room one day. I told the front desk, they said, are you okay? We haven't seen you. And I just said it. I said, no, I'm depressed. And I was before I got here. And they reacted in such a way like that's, oh my God, thank you for sharing that. And da, 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 da. And I wrote about it and took a picture of myself crying on the balcony because it was really important. It doesn't matter how beautiful the surroundings are. You right. can feel like you're in the darkest place ever. And that for me, because I don't really share that part of myself with my family too much, right? Like they know I struggle with it but I've never really told them how it feels internally. And so I did, and I've made it public. And so that for me was fearless. That's how it showed up lately. It's like meeting it head on, you know? And that's what I've been taught to do is meet it head on. But I know, I mean, there's a way to do it. And, you know, after, I mean, I applaud you. I mean, you know how much I love you, but when I was, when I first lost my, my brother, my sister and my mother, and then had to stick my daughter in treatment, right? And the, the owner was like, you just got to get back into the swing of things, right? Which I did. But there's also you got to deal with that stuff. And you got to and, and I knew work wasn't because there was a time, you know, and I'm driving to work. Luckily, I had an hour or two, you know, or two, at least minimum. There's times I'd cry on the way to work, I'd let it out, I would call my mentors, my sponsor, my friends, and I would kind of do therapy on the way to work. But I mean, that's, it's good for some people, but also learn how to like Dr. Nicole, just let it go and and share it with the world or someone you love and don't just bottle it inside. Right. Because here's my, here's my theory. Things hidden when they're hidden, they gain more power. When you acknowledge it, see it and talk to it, it loses its power, has no control over you. If you can let everybody see it. It's not as bad. And the control is taken away from the thing that's ruling your life at the moment. So for me, everything brought to the light is better in my mind because it becomes this unmanageable thing if we're hiding it all the time. And I think that's part of the stigma, right? Is that mental health, there's a definite stigma around what we must be like if we have a mental health issue. And um, as you can fully see, We are fully functioning adults that don't go around like, like, you know, movies (laughs) depict us. And when you speak about it, it also gives other people permission to feel like they don't have to hide it either. Right. And And they're not alone. Right. And there's strength in being able to tell your story. There really is. There's strength in it. But everything must be felt, like you said. You cannot keep pushing it down. You must feel it because that's the only way to ever heal is to feel it fully, let it pass through you. You know, if you're always holding it in, it creates other issues in the body, creates disease. It creates more mental health issues. Call somebody like me or you contact somebody. Well, I will listen all day long. You know what I mean? I just told somebody that I will listen all day long if I have the time always because it needs a voice. So, yeah, I get it that the word disease, if you break it down is dis-ease, right? And whether it's addiction or whatever disease, right? We're in discomfort or we're not liking the way we feel. And right, that's just amazing stuff that um, I hope you paid attention to audience because 
that's that why they say the saying is we're as sick as our secrets and it doesn't matter what the secret absolutely. is absolutely right yeah it doesn't matter and you know my mom always told me from a young age always tell the truth about everything because then you have nothing to remember you have no story to remember it's just the truth right and yeah you don't you have know? to figure out like oh what did i tell him yesterday oh shit yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> right and if and if you share my thing too is i just want to say if you share with somebody that you're struggling with some mental health stuff and they judge you or mistreat you for it, or they are not your people, find a new tribe of freaking people, man, <laughs> because Absolutely. no one who loves and cares for you would ever make you feel bad about something that you're struggling with ever. And so those aren't your people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's time to find new people. If they're doing that to you, I'm with you Absolutely. 100%. So happiness, right? So I'm going to ask you again, knowing I put the why in there. What does happiness yeah. mean to you now? And how does that show up in your life? Happiness for me means, oh, that's a hard one these days. You know, there's a lot to be happy about these days, even though I'm struggling. I am struggling still, you know. Happiness for me is the ability to find joy in every day, no matter what's happening. And I think, you know, we do that with our gratitude practice and what is the love of my life comes home every day and he says, tell me one good thing that happened today because he knows I have bad days. And that for me is a new level of happiness I've not had because I've never had that kind of support from a partner. And so happiness these days is a totally different thing for me. <laughs> I know, right? That's, yeah. it's, that's awesome, right? And it bring, I'm kind of going back to the fearness, right? Fearless that we talked about before we end here. Like I love the book by Brene Brown, you know, the, uh, the yeah. power of vulnerability. And, Absolutely. You know, and I used to think back way back when I first got sober, right? Because of where I came from, what I did and all that, like, I can't be vulnerable. That's a sign of weakness. But I learned when my sponsor was telling me and other men mentors were going, no, that's a sign of strength. You know, that's how you that's, absolute strength. that's how are we that's how we are going to help you when you're vulnerable enough to tell us what's going on. Right. right? And yep. so that's when fearlessness comes in, right? We're going to, we know something's going to scare the shit out of us, excuse my language, but we're vulnerable enough to let people know what's going on with us. And then Absolutely. we become fearless, right? And we, we practice that. And then we become happy, happiness, right? We know it could be fleeting, but when we find things to be happy about, or that brings about joy. And like you said, you know, you have that thing, those things in your life that bring you joy. And then, then it's hard to not smile and you have a very high smile, smile. You know what I mean? Like Thank my you. friends, <laughs> I hang out with have beautiful smiles, like Dr. Nicole, you know, we all struggle. She, she was honest just because she's a doctor and it, she's not exempt. Like just because I have almost no. 19 years of sobriety doesn't mean that I don't have my bad days, but right. what brings me joy is doing interviews like this and having my amazing friends like Dr. Nicole come back on and share how we can help you guys if you're struggling out there, how she can help you. So before we part, Dr. Nicole, one last piece of advice you can give my audience that they can walk away with and go, wow, that really helped me. That nothing is permanent, no matter how it feels and looks at the moment. And one of my favorite things to tell people is whatever the issue is, if it found the door in, we can find the door out. It's not permanent. I love that. I love that. Hey, just walk me up. Oh, you can go doors over there. Don't let it hit you in the butt on the way out. It might take us a little while to find the door out for the issue, but the door, there is a door because it came in some way. We can get it to leave somehow. And so my thing is like, I know that when we're in our darkest place, it feels like this is how it's going to be forever. Right. And that's 
how suicide happens, but it isn't, there's always hope, right? So I, that's my thing is like, there's always hope and it's not permanent. Nothing is. And if you remember that you've made it through your worst days up until now, you can make it through the next one that comes to just find a support system. That's it. Find Absolutely. a support system. Absolutely. And that's why I put this podcast together. Cause I want to show you, as you know, I, I lost a brother to suicide. So my whole mission, right. And see, and, and the things I do and the people I serve is to show them that there is hope that there's people out there that truly care that have gone what you've gone through some worse, but have found their way through it, come successful. And now they're here to help. And, and that's, you know, that's the whole reason to help people find their fearless happiness, excuse me is to have people like you on here and share that. So thank you so much for joining me today. Pleasure. Yeah. Everybody, if you learned something, if it made you smile, if it made you think, please subscribe and please leave a review. That way more people can find it. And again, Dr. Nicole, you can find her on Instagram, put it in the show notes, Facebook, LinkedIn, I believe also, right? Did you say? Website. Yep. All right, cool. And, And has her own website. So I'll make sure that they're all in there. Thank you again for joining us. Until next time, I will talk to you guys later. Bye, everybody.